Hi and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth. This is our annual trip to InfoSec where we get to talk to the best, most influential people in the cybersecurity industry. Sit back and enjoy the next few weeks of our brilliant coverage from this fantastic event. Okay, hi and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth. And uh, we now have with us... Bill Malik. Bill Malik. Bill, where are you from? Well, um, I work at uh, Trend Micro. I've been in IT 44 years. I've been at Trend 11 months. 11 months, wow, where were you we previously? Um, well, long career, I started writing code in an application uh, group in uh, the John Hancock Insurance in Boston. Was there five years, went to IBM, wrote code for the mainframe operating system for about 12 years, got into business planning, strategic planning, and then 1990 went to Gartner. I was with Gartner for 11 years, and during that time I started and ran the information security group and also managed the middleware uh, and application integration teams. Uh, after uh, the Gartner career, uh, became uh, head of a group at uh, KPMG, and then in the wake of the Enron collapse, they decommitted that. Um, so I uh, had the very good fortune to become chief technology officer of a startup called uh, WaveSec. Uh, their uh, successor company, uh, SailPoint, is here. Uh, identity management space. For most of the last uh, 15 or so years, I've been working in uh, as an independent consultant, helping with data center integration, migrations, uh, cloud readiness, uh, some cyber investigations, identity management rollouts, that kind of thing. And I joined Trend uh, just almost a year ago today. Wow. That is a career. pretty decent resume. Well, I got bits under my fingernails, even if they're absolute. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, the stuff at Gartner must have been interesting. I mean, a working oh. analyst firm must be quite a different pace of, of life to working in a, in a vendor or an end user. Well, it was, it was fabulous. It was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. When I joined, there were 500 people there, so we could do just about anything. Very wow. wide open. Nice. Wow. So what's new with Trend? What, what's, what's going on? What are the, the hot topics that you guys are seeing in the market today um, that you're, you're looking to sort of try and develop and design solutions for? Well, where we are now um, is to extend our platform from uh, traditional um, network endpoint server security. Hybrid cloud has been very big for us for the past few years. Uh, you're going to be seeing a very big push into Internet of Things, the whole IoT landscape. Uh, and the interesting thing about that is, as new as it is, it's not really that new. Uh, we've had industrial control systems for 50, 60 years. Uh, what's happened to them is, well, two stages in the evolution. Uh, in the 1990s, industrial engineers began pulling technology from IT. Yep. And then, so we got systems like uh, OPC, uh, which are built on OLE. We've got systems in OT that incorporate pieces of DCOM from the 1990s. <laughs> now, OLE and DCOM in the 1990s are not what most IT security people would pick to run something today. <laughs> That's one way to put it. But the deployments, right, those things live 25, 35, 40 years in the field. Yeah, they're like so, cockroaches. And, and to be fair, you know, 20, 25, 30 years ago, they didn't need to be connected to anything. They didn't need to be connected to the wider enterprise because they did that job and they did it yep. and they continue to do it in a lot of instances really, really well. Absolutely. And in fact, that's, that's the, the, the mantra of OT is make sure it's safe, make sure it's reliable. Uh, you want to keep the lights on. You want to keep the water yep. flowing. Absolutely. Uh, and so you'll develop a device, uh, PLC, Programmable Logic Controller. What does it do? It, it's kind of the gamma minus semi-moron from Brave New World, right? It's 10.05. The temperature is 21 degrees Celsius. It's 
10.10. The temperature is 21 degrees Celsius. I'm so happy on the PLC. That's what they do all the time. Yeah. It's just okay. Now you put a little more intelligence in there. Now you've got an RTU. And an RTU can do things like saying, hmm, the temperature went up. I know more people came into the room. I need to boost the air conditioning. What we're doing at Trend is we're working with partners. Uh, I was visiting actually a, a company that does uh, building systems uh, over in Ireland last week. If you're managing a building, you know, there are high priority events and low priority events. Low priority event might be like a window breaks. Okay, so a window broke, eh, we have to go get somebody to fix the window. Now, if you marry that piece of intelligence with knowledge about what's going on around you, right? Mm -hmm. Like police services are saying there's an active shooter incident. Now that broken window goes from being a really low priority incident to being a let's get everyone the hell out of the side of the building incident. And so what we're trying to do at Trend is to protect and marry that wider context of information. We want to be able to bring all that other stuff in and make it done in an intelligent fashion. One of the things we don't want to do at Trend is generate false positives. You'll see that across our product line. We'll do everything we can to not create an alarm that turns out to be false. So in this instance, when we're talking about what happened in the building, that's a subset of what we're doing to support smart cities. We want to make sure that if there's an emergency, police and fire notified, traffic is appropriately redirected, all of the other things that have to happen, but we don't want to be fooled. Right? We want to be able to take a look at what's going on. If it appears that that particular sensor has been damaged, then we can say, hmm, I have a low level of confidence in the integrity of the information coming out of that. And that's Trends Value Add to the Smart Cities program, protecting and defending that uh, infrastructure from the kinds of attacks that could cause uh, you know, problems in society, problems in the world. Yeah. It's fascinating. You look to me, don't you? Yeah. I must say, I love the um, that whole correlation because you're absolutely right. An event has multiple different meanings based on the context. Right. And I suppose that's where we can really start to take this new world of this connected bits and, and absolutely shoot them into... Uh, into escalation. Yeah, this I is your area, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it, something I, I. We share a common background in Big Blue. Um, ah. so we, we all do. Yeah, we all ah. do, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've all been there and we all wear the badge. Yes. Yeah. Um, with pride. And, oh, and, yeah. uh, and certainly now, I mean, my role in, in our in the UK is, um, is, is to work in the ECS side of our business uh, in and around developing our IoT business. Uh, and that's really sure. important to us because when we look at the wider arrow mm-hmm. business, yeah. Two thirds of what we do is is exactly what you described there, Bill. Yeah, we we work with suppliers and vendors that produce sensors, that produce componentry, that actually, you know, for years have been going into semi-smart devices, environments, been making products. But but the trend, you know, IoT is not the emperor's new clothes that I think some people paint it to be yeah it's been with us for a lot of years what we're doing now is yeah we have it's commercially viable um, to connect things that we've not connected to before but it's also valuable to the business to extract information from sources that we've never extracted it from before and that's where we see this OT and this IT world continuing to come together I think we talk about we talk about the pace of change and the pace of adoption I think the thing is, as you've quite ero- eloquently said, yeah, this world's been coming together for a lot of years now, but the pace at which it's coming together is just 
it's just changed. Almost it feels like it's changed overnight. Um, security and, and OT and, and, and IT and this whole world of IoT, security seems, for me, where right now, it, it almost seems as though it's still treated as an afterthought. A lot of people are looking at, right, can I technically, can I, can I do this? Can I join these dots? Can I collect this information? Some people are being kind of smart and going, right, well, if, if I can do it, what's the ROI? What's the business benefit? What's the commercial advantage that it leverages for me? A lot of people are going, right, let, let's see if we can collect the data and then we'll figure out what the ROI is. But right. regardless of which approach they take, very, very few people are looking at, specifically looking at, at security and, and baking it in from that, that initial phase of, right, what's the out of the possible? They're, they're relying on cloud service providers, IoT platforms to say, do you know what? We got you back. We, we, will, yeah, we will create or we will make sure that you can deploy a service that is secure. We're starting to see a lot of silicon vendors and, and suppliers go, well, you know what? Actually, we need to make sure that these devices out in the field are secure, whether they be physically tamper-proof. I'm be fascinated to know a little bit more about what, what Trend are doing in, in the whole, you know, protecting and validating that, you know, what, what we're connecting to out in the field, like you say with the building example. I want to make sure that a, a, a smart light bulb is actually a smart light fitting and is behaving like a smart light fitting and isn't right. being compromised. Right. Well, one of the biggest challenges in this convergence is that the mindset of the industrial engineer is completely different from the mindset of the program. Yes. When it comes to information security, the rule is information will be lost, altered, or inadvertently disclosed. Right. So you've got to have system availability, you've got to have encryption, you've got to have privacy controls. Yeah. When you're building an industrial system and you're developing IoT, the mantra is different. It is a system must be safe and it must be available. If something goes wrong, you want it to go wrong in a fashion that will not disrupt the network. Yes. Now those are completely orthogonal concepts. So when you're an IT person and you step into this, the, you know, the mindset might be fail fast. You know, we're agile, we're DevOps, we want to get that stuff out there. Fail fast is great unless you're building a self-driving car. <laughs> right? unless, unless you're doing a robot that's going to do surgery. Right? Yes, yes. Uh, there are a whole lot of IoT things where you really don't want to fail fast. I mean, I um, suppose in five years I've got a million nanites roaming my bloodstream making sure that my heart's working and everything's cool. If the code quality of those guys is six sigma, that means I'm getting a stroke about every four hours. <laughs> we gotta, we got to step up our game and yeah. think about availability and safety. An industrial engineer doesn't think about security. They just say, you know, how do I make sure that that's on? For an example. There was a, <clears throat> a water treatment plant upstate New York. The pump failed. The engineers went out. They got a replacement. They put it in. It was in for a day. It failed. They did it again. It failed after another day. They ran out of pumps. They went through five spares. They finally called the office and said, you know, these pumps keep failing. We need another one. People in the office said, what the hell's wrong with you? These things have a five-year in-service life. Minimum supposed to be like 20. Yeah. They took a look, and they found out that they were the victim of an attack. Somebody was speeding up and slowing down the pump, starting it and then stopping it, oh, so the bearings yeah. were running up. The same thing that happened with Stuxnet on Iran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The industrial engineer's job is to keep the water flowing. It's not to try to figure out why in the world somebody would want to wreck the pump. 
that's the different mindset. IT people have to be aware of the safety and availability concerns. OT people need to be aware of the fact that this stuff can be fragile. And mm. if you have a fragile infrastructure, things can go bad. I mean, look what WannaCry did to ports. Uh, Rotterdam, uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey, they were shut down for days before they could start up manually. And then it was weeks before they were fully recovered. One container ship can have 14,000 containers. When it pulls in, they unload or reload one container a minute. So there's 100 hours of processing. A truck drives up, a device picks up the container, puts it on the ship, the empty truck moves down the line, a device picks up a container to unload, puts it on the truck. The only human being in that process is the truck driver. Everything else is automated, GPS controlled, pre-programmed. You mess with that stuff and you can have all sorts of interesting problems like load the ship with heavy stuff at the ends and then in the middle and it cracks with the first big wave. If you just disrupt the supply chain, there was a line of trucks five miles long on Interstate 95 outside of New York, trucks waiting to get into the port. This is the kind of vulnerability, and, and the, the port is a microcosm for a smart city. So this is a mm, metaphor. Yeah. yeah. So I suppose one of my questions would be, you know, we, we've spoken at a very high level about um, some of the uses of OT, and but obviously when we get into the actual implementation of an OT solution, um, Obviously, it starts to come on to that IT versus OT conversation. Well, it's not a, it's not a versus question, though, is it? Really, because uh, what what, what you what you need is they're both they're both very different worlds. They are, but they're both very very valid in the context oh, of, I, of I, where we're going. I so agree more, but I one think doesn't live without the other. But it does, how do you though. get them? How do you get them to work together well? That's, because that's you, the question. Right? It, Again, it's only my experience, uh, yeah, and I'd be fascinated in your view, guys. You don't find many organizations that have both an OT and an IT element to the business that, that can do everything end-to-end -end as, a, as no. the type of partner that we'd, we'd see jointly as, you know, from a trend and an arrow perspective. But, I mean, they exist. Agreed. But it, there's not... There's not a glut of those types of partners in, in the market because we'd probably got to a IoT yeah, a, a lot sooner. Mm. Uh, sorry, I, I jumped in. I don't, I don't think it's a conflict. I don't think it's a Sorry, I don't think it's a conflict. But please. Well, the the thing that I've observed is that um, process maturity is key to getting these groups to work. And what I mean by that is, uh, if you think of most organizations, they're in firefighting mode, which means they don't even have time to hire an expert. Yeah. If you have time to build an expert, grow somebody internally who really knows something, that individual becomes king of the world about whatever. And organizations, level two mature organizations that depend on a heroic individual, um, they tend to unconsciously reinforce that. Uh, they give awards to the person who can solve the hardest problem, which sounds great until you realize that at a psychological level, it means that there's a bonus for creating really tricky stuff. Oh, that requires yeah. really clever people to figure out. Yeah. So when you have a really good IT team and a really good OT team, the first thing you'll discover is they're experts. The two heroes, when they meet, they're usually not friends right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're usually yeah. kind of like, well, your stuff is good, but mine's much better. Uh, and, and that the breakthrough is when you can get to a level three mature organization where there's good documentation and people are cross-trained and all that kind of stuff. Five percent of the companies that I worked with when I was at Gartner were at level three. Um, but we are seeing this intelligence permeating the stack. I mean, Intel here, ARM, 
they have intelligent processor designs where the real-time operating system is on one side and the secure kernel that can do encryption, that can do uh, multi-factor authentication, that can do secure updates is on the other side. It's one chip and it's protected. Now, we can't, in trend, help with the physical security, but we can provide the network layer and we have a software development kit that can go into the secure side of that to make sure that what's happening is safe. Now, we haven't made any announcements about partnerships with chip vendors, but 2018 is the year when you should start seeing things like that. We did announce our SDK being implemented with Panasonic's in-vehicle infotainment, which gives us an entree into many of the Japanese auto manufacturers. We should expect to see that with other auto manufacturers over this year as well. Uh, so that's, so that's, that's really interesting because you're taking that, I won't even call it cooperation, but it's you're taking that partnership route and, a, a route and approach to things, which is which is great because trend focus on what they're good at and renowned for and are experts in, rather than trying to turn around and again go we're everything to every man. Oh well, yeah, we're not going to make chips a trend. We're going to make <laughs> work with smart chip makers. Uh, we look to some of the. Um, Industrial IoT specialist, Indigy comes to mind. Company out of Israel with offices in the States. Uh, very good at looking at and analyzing security of um, industrial IoT and OT systems. Um, there, are, there are things that we could do with Indigy and companies like them to make our, our console available. Uh, we both uh, pump alerts to you know, logarithms, Splunk, Curator, whomever. Uh, our founder said this uh, the first meeting I saw her at. She said, our competition at Trend are the bad guys. Everybody yeah. here is not a competitor. That's good. So, That's good. But yeah, we're all working in the same vineyard. We're all trying to solve the same set of problems. And we know we can't do everything. But what we can do, we can do really, really well. Yeah. So looking at chip vendors, looking at SIM, looking at uh, industrial IoT companies that come on. Uh, and extending our stuff in there. That's, uh, that's how we're going to help try to solve the problem. Remember, the bad guys only have to get it right once. Uh, the good guys, we only screw up once and... You know, <laughs> yeah, so sure. interestingly, like the comment you just made, we heard uh, we have to get it right all the time, bad, bad guys have to get it once. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And it's, a, it's a very, um, especially when we talk about IT and OT, because it exponentially increases the attack surface. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been one of the, one of the real sort of op you know, eye-opening things I've seen in the last couple of years has been this whole, you know, everything becomes a, an attack vector. Everything yeah. becomes an attack surface. And I agree, it's getting better, but I think there's still a lot of organizations who really don't understand that they've essentially, every time they bring on one of these pieces of smart technology, um, which absolutely is not a server or a, or a transit mobile device or, or, or anything else that they normally account for in, in their security strategy, they are essentially opening up another port onto their, almost definitely onto their core network. Yeah. Um, Could I just ask one last question from, from sure. my point of view? Do you, with, in and around the IoT strategy, I, I take it what, what you're expecting to see from Trend is, is some of the existing partners that, that you work with um, to not pivot, but expand out from core Trend activities and product sales in, in IT across and into OT, but I should imagine you'll also see new-to-trend partners in that OT space start to join as, as they start to understand and get to grips. Is it? Do you think it's as binary as that, or do you actually see, think you'll start to see IT and OT businesses collaborating together? 
Oh, I, I hope so. I, I most certainly do. And, and yes, we are looking at new partners and we are looking at extending the business in ways that make sense given our core competencies. Um, the, the whole idea of convergence, though, uh, raises a real interesting problem. Sometimes, as you started out with, uh, organizations will just say, well, let's put all the data in the same spot. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm sitting here saying, why does the guy in accounting need to know the temperature on the bearing on pump number three? Mm -hmm. Not entirely. Right. The guy in accounting probably does need to know when that pump was last maintained and what its in-service life is expected to be. Right. Mm. But that you don't get that by linking the data streams. You get that by sharing intelligence about the yes. data. And that's a much more protectable, if there's such a word, safer way to integrate disparate networks. To just throw everything on the same backbone is frankly insane. Well, in the US, the Food and Drug Administration regulates what you can use in a hospital. It's a two to five year process to get approved. So if you modify the software, you just lost your certification. Whoa. So you're in a hospital bed. Yeah. It's running Windows XP. It was last updated in 2011. You can't patch it. Probably don't want that device on the backbone. <laughs> what you probably want to do is segment the heck out of it. You want to whitelist it. You want to listen to the network. You want to make sure it's not calling out to any CNC servers, that it's not installing anything, that it's not you know, burning cycles doing crypto mining while it's supposed to be watching somebody's green ring. Yeah. I mean, there are all sorts of things you want to do, and, and connectivity is not the most important goal. Intelligence about what's going on, where is the patient? How is he doing? I'd like to know that. But I don't need real-time access to that vulnerable system. I'd like to segment it. Yeah, right. Well, look, Phil, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. Brilliant. Really interesting conversation. Really interesting. And, uh, yeah, if you could just stick around for the uh, the voiceovers afterwards with that <laughs> fantastic <laughs> American voice. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Happy thank to you. Help. Really Gentlemen, appreciate your time. I appreciate your time. Thank, oh, you, thank you. Cheers. Take Bye. care. Bye. Thank you for listening to this InfoSec Security Special. We're going to be back next week with more coverage from this fantastic event. Stay tuned and speak to you then.